0: Welcome back, Fight Philosophy Podcast, episode number 29, hashtag halfway out of quarantine episode, um, and this one might not be as comfortable for some people, but but let's, uh, you guys know who's here, Jamal's over there. Yeah, um,
1: <laughs> before I begin, uh, rest in peace, Brianna Taylor, rest in peace, Rhea Milton, rest in peace, Dominique T- uh, Fells. Uh, rest in peace, Trayvon Martin. Rest in peace, Ahmed Arbery. Rest in peace, George Floyd. Rest in peace, all victims
0: of state violence. And of course, ape is here, but he doesn't have a mic yet. So he's just going to wave right now. <laughs> all right. So when uh, when Jamal and I were first talking about starting this podcast, the we, had, we, we really didn't know what exactly we wanted to talk about. We just knew we wanted to do a podcast. Um, and what was going to make our podcast unique was that we were uh, two black men who happened to do martial arts, who happened to both love hip-hop and, and the culture. And so we were trying to figure out some way to put that together. Um, then, you know, Abe comes along, we get a little bit of focus, get some sponsors, get some gear, and... Next thing you know, we're, we're here and we're, you know, we like to talk about martial arts and the fight game and what's going on. And, and that's easy for us to talk about because it's not personal for us. It's, you know, it's fun. It's recreation. That's what we do. We have a take on it. And, and we enjoy talking about that. It's easy. And then we've had one episode was slightly controversial. Um, we haven't done it since. and I, And then we're back here and i wouldn't even say this one is not controversial this one is 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 uncomfortable and it's necessary uh, <clears throat> and we would be remiss if we if if we didn't bring this up because there comes a time where when you continue to sit around and watch injustices happen and not say anything you either are going to continue to compromise your own integrity while playing while being complicit to those injustices. So saying nothing eventually makes you just as bad as the person who's doing these things. So so we're gonna speak on this today. Um is is it's our job to start this conversation because we have a platform and it's your job to keep it going. Uh so that can be one step in <clears throat> in helping, you know, make this America that that is supposed to be that, that we all want it to be so that we can all be proud to live here um and and feel safe and all at least be able to have the same dream whether you achieve it or not that can be up to you but at least still have that opportunity so you know pretty much around the world right now for the past two weeks there have been there has been We'll call it. We'll start off by calling it civil unrest, right? So, and then with the like, you know, why why are we calling it civil unrest? Because you know, there's there's protests, there's riots, there's you know, there's looting going on, there's violence happening, um, but it is because of civil issues that have persisted in America essentially since the inception of America. You know, uh, and all these years later, these, you know, certain things are still still happening, still going on. And the the issue is, is that, you know, these these instances, these injustices that are happening are happening predominantly to, you know, the smaller section of America, it's happening to blacks. It's happening to, you know, it's happening to other races too. And But again, I'm going to put this out here right now is that I can't speak on any other community because I'm not part of that community. I know when I see black people get killed over and over again on TV by, you know, police officers or by vigilantes and those people get off on it with, you know, a slap on the wrist, paid administrative leave, maybe fired at worst, but no legal, uh, no legal justice. You know, it, it hurts me. And then I look at my kids and I see that, you know, they are at risk of the same thing happening to them because of the color of their skin. So it's not that we are gonna, that we're neglecting and saying that the same thing aren't happening to, you know, Latinos or poor white people or transgender people, because of course they are. Um, but. But when I see somebody and they they look just like me and it's happening and it's been happening for hundreds of years, then then this my job to speak out for for my community. And the thing is, is civil issues, they're not it, it, it. Even if it doesn't affect you as a human being, as a person, you should you should feel it, you know. You should feel one way or another about it, and and we'll we'll make this analogy. If you see you you see a little old lady walking across the street, right? Regardless of what race she is, if you see a little old lady walking across the street carrying a bag, and she trips and falls, and is in the middle of that street, and that light is about to change colors, and she needs to get out the street, you know, are you going to think twice about? you know, what color she is, you know, what race she is before you go and help her get out the street. If you're a decent human being, a halfway decent human being, you would go and help that person get out the street and get across and be safe and check on her before you go about your day. All right. Civil injustices are the same way. If you just sit by and you, you let these things happen to other people just because it doesn't affect you, you're a pretty fucked up individual, right? So... You know, maybe you don't know what to say. Maybe you don't know what to do. But you should feel some way about it. Um, like I say, maybe you don't know what to do, but we're, we're going to help you out today. <laughs> <laughs> because the first thing that you can do is to talk to somebody about it. You know, sitting there and ignoring it is not helping. Sitting there and ignoring it makes you complicit to those injustices. Because you're you're not doing anything to help it. Help it go away. So by not helping it go away, you're letting it persist. So we're gonna talk about it today. And see Jamal over there sipping his coffee, pondering <laughs> <laughs> pondering yeah. what he wants to say. Go ahead and hop in there.
1: Yeah. Uh I, I don't know, man. It's gonna be a I mean shit. So it's, it's a heavy topic, it's a heavy subject. It's it's gonna be a super emotional episode for me. I might cry on this motherfucker today. Maybe we'll see. Um, I think the I think what I'm upset the most about is the realization for certain other people that this shit still goes on. been screaming this for decades. You know, only a select, you know, I posted a story on Facebook last week, a couple of weeks ago, about the first time I had a gun drawn on me. I was nine years old. It was by a police officer. Only a handful of people knew that story. Um, but I felt like it was time to share it. Because, uh, you know, a lot of times shit doesn't hit home for other people until it's somebody that they actually know. But then again, that's still upsetting. Because I feel like if you say you know me, and you know the work that I've been doing in this fight for equality for damn near over 20 years. You know, I first started volunteering with young people when I was a young person. Started volunteering at the Boys and Girls Club when I was 14. Um, All the younger kids who were under me ended up going to some form of college, whether it's community college or leaving. Um, and going to a, a four-year state institution um, because I wanted to show them that they didn't have to be products of the environment because I wasn't. Um, got to college and, you know, I helped found a grassroots organization called Ignite Greensboro. We helped turn uh, North Carolina blue for like the first time in like 52 years um, during around that time. Um because of the work we were doing and getting all the colleges in Greensboro involved with not just you know not shit just like voter registration and shit like that, but then we started to branch off into other things we started going we went to the Warnersville community Warnersville was uh the first uh it was a section of Greensboro that they had given to black people after the Civil war um as as recompense I guess um so it was just like here you take this particular. Part of this neighborhood, but it's it's damn near forgotten part of Greensboro too because it was next to a landfill at the time. People over there getting sick. Um, we went over there and retrofitted their everybody's homes in that community with uh, with CFL light bulbs so that we could uh, help them save on their energy bills. You know, over the life or however long that those bulbs last at the time, uh, like during that first batch, you know, them shits was supposed to last like fifty, sixty years. Um, so we helped them with that. Um, in my early 20s, I started writing for pushback.org, which was a entity of the Center for American Progress. You know, I wrote for them for two years, um, on policy issues that affected young people. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a stranger to any of this shit, so it's it's a little disheartening when you've been you've been yelling and screaming at the top of your lungs for fucking help and people tell you it doesn't exist people that don't experience it tell you it doesn't exist it makes you feel fucking crazy and i'm glad we're here at this point um Unfortunately, like people think most of this shit, people think most of this is about George Floyd. Rest in peace to that brother, but it's not. George Floyd is the tip of the iceberg. The base of that is white supremacy. It's racism. We still crying and angry over things that have been happening since the inception of this country. Just like Chad said, you know, rest in peace Emmett Till. You know, a boy that was murdered over a lie. You know, we're taught this in school, and then this woman confesses before she dies that none of that shit happened. And that boy, 14, was mutilated, helped by the state. A sheriff deputized some people in their town, and they went and found him, and they beat the fuck out of him, and put him on a truck, and drug him down the road, and his mother had an open casket funeral, because she wanted people to see what had been done to her boy, Now look at how long that shit been going on, I could have been Emmett Till, I ain't never been more afraid of anything in my life. The day that officer pulled that gun on me. You know, we joke about, you know, my fear of clowns and spiders and shit like that. But in all honesty, I became numb that day because I lost my innocence as a child. The world changed for me that day. My mother had to have the talk with me when I came back from visiting in Springfield when I got back home. We had to have that talk about how to stay alive. What fucking kid deserves that, man? None. But it happens every fucking day for us. And if you're just realizing that this type of shit still goes on, then, you know, God bless you in your naivety. Um... Because that in itself is a privilege. And thank God you get to learn about it
0: and not live it. I, and and the, the crazy part is, is that this is, these stories are, are you know, it's, they're not unique. And you're going to hear some phrases and some words in this podcast that, you know, I think I think some some of these phrases and words are what makes some people feel uncomfortable about having to have these these talks with their neighbors. Right. The term white supremacy or privilege or or racism, even. And, you know, I can understand, like, if you're a white person and you're not racist, like you could feel a certain way from hearing those words. But but just because you feel a certain way about hearing them doesn't mean it doesn't ma- exist. So, here's one thing to think about. This kind of made things... Sorry, kicking things around in here. This kind of made things... um, Hell yeah, tear shit up. (laughs) (laughs) Burn it all down. (laughs) Here's one... (laughs) Here's one way I can try to make it, you know, digestible for you. So that you can at least start to, you know, think about it. Maybe have a conversation with somebody. So, in America... In the year 2020, you know, to this day, you know, women still are not getting paid equal to men, right? We, we all can see that. We, we've, we've had a black president. president. We've never had uh, a female president. Not even close. Not a vice president. Um, you look at the leaders of the Fortune 500 companies, top companies, top companies, you know, they are ran by men. And so you, you, can, you can easily conceive that America and the world pretty much is, is a patriarch-led country, favored country. So being a man in America comes with clear benefits or privileges. Yep. There's certain things that you don't have to worry about because you're a man in America or in the world. Now, America was also founded by white men, right? So this happened. You know, I'm not making this up, and we're not blaming you today because of this. But, you know, white men came. They came with the mindset of white supremacy. It's written down. I'm not making this stuff up. You can you can read, you know, do your own research, but there's this document. They came with the mindset of white supremacy. They came on God's mission, so they thought so they wipe out one race, or damn near wipe out one race in the in the Native Americans. They enslave another race, in the Africans, and you know, countless killed in just the process of getting to America, Northern America, Southern America, and the islands. You know. Countless killed who just didn't make the journey. Right. And then you had countless killed, mutilated, brutalized, raped while in slavery. Civil War happens, you know, and why did the Civil War happen? The Civil War did not happen to free the slaves. The North, the North made just as much money off of slavery as the South did. Yep. The North made money. By supporting the products and moving the products that came out of the South, they made money out of in, uh, insuring slaves. So, if they thought it was such a moral dilemma of having slavery, then they would not have supported the industry of slavery. So, freeing the slaves was a, was a financial, tactical move to pretty much put the South out of business, yep. it had nothing to do with the slaves.
1: You literally only had a handful of actual
0: abolitionists right. at the time. So, slavery is ended. It takes, you know, it takes up years. I don't know exactly how long, but after the Emancipation Proclamation, you know, it took years for the last states to actually, you know, get word that hey, guys, we're free, All right? But what happens between the time that the Civil War ends and And, you know, and now is, you know, you have Reconstruction. What happens with Reconstruction? The northern states and the southern states come together and say, how can we work together? All right. group of white men come together and say, how can we work together? Were any of those newly freed men and women involved in this process? Of course not. You know, because even though they're not slaves anymore, they're not one of us. They're not full fledged human beings. They don't have all the rights. So, you know, we go through a process and we get a few amendments and you know now we are full fledged human beings right um and slavery is ended unless you are you know a prisoner, right if you're in jail or or incarcerated, then you're still legally a slave um and the process goes on and on and what i'm what I'm saying here is that there has been nothing really done to ensure justice and equality and a fair opportunity for people of color in America. You know, and, and I'm not saying that, you know, nothing period has ever happened, but when you look at the effort that's put into it, right, you have affirmative action, eh, that's great, but what good did it ever actually do? It got some people into schools that they wouldn't have got there before, but. People still can't afford to get to schools because they don't have the background to get there. You know, if my if my parents don't make enough money, it doesn't matter how brilliant I am if I can't afford to go to Yale. Right. And so there's still going to be those socioeconomic disparities. There's still going to be the health disparities. How many tax dollars go into fixing the health disparities in America? How many tax dollars go into actually addressing these social economic disparities. You know, you can, you can name a bill, and you can throw up a rec center. But if you don't support that rec center in the community, then it goes to shit. And and all of us, and all you have left is, is your, is your, your name on a piece of paper saying that, oh, I erected this building, and we did this for you. But then we, you know, we let it crumble and fall apart. So this is this is the extent of what has happened in this community, and then you say, you know you just sit and say twenty twenty you've had a black president, you have Michael Jordan, you have you know jay Z beyonce, you know they're successful, there's no more racism in america well if you <laughs> if you put in effort to create a system that has separation between races and classes, then effort has to get put in to destroy that system or to recreate that system. And that effort has not been put in. It hasn't been followed through with because too many people want to ignore it and not talk about it and, and, you know, point fingers and blame for bringing this stuff up. You know, because because black people talk about slavery and Jim Crow laws and things that have happened about people in the past, that's not, that's not crying and complaining. Number one, it's called trauma. Like when oh, you damn. grow up, when you grow up with the picture of Emmett Till in your head as a little kid and you're told why that happened and realize that that could equally easily happen to you, that's trauma. And, and so you can't just ignore just that simple fact that you know you got a group of people that are traumatized because of what has happened to to their family members, to their ancestors, to their community while growing up. So so even if you are one of those people that that can sit and fix yourself face to say that there is no racism in America, again, if you're a caring person and you're saying that this person is your friend or your neighbor, And you don't even have the decency to hear them out, to hear why they're hurting. And maybe see if there's anything you can do to fix it. And that's a fucked up way of life to me, right? So. Equality scares people. Yeah. I I
1: truly believe that. The reason I say that is because, you know, let's go back to, let's go back to reconstruction real quick um as a person that likes history, like Reconstruction lasted twelve years. That was the only time in America's history where we, black people, were able to to gain a, a significant amount of political power. Um, because people did start to get elected, you know, as state delegates and things like that. Once we started To really make some headway and make some change. People beforehand, you know, former slave masters and things like, they didn't like that shit. Reconstruction lasted 12 years before Jim Crow's instituted. So anytime we start to make progress, that shit gets snatched and destroyed. Equality scares people. And, you know, to your... To your trauma point and to, you know, to like, like you and I are sitting at this table today, living and breathing, right? Looking at each other. But are we truly alive? Do we get to live? Do the things that our parents, the shit that they taught us, if you're going day to day just trying to survive, is that truly living? You know? people talk about the concept of freedom. And I'm going to be honest and say that I've, you know, I was born in 86. It's 2020. I've never felt once I, you know, started to get old enough to, to understand what the concept of freedom was. I've never felt that shit ever. You know, I got into, uh, a verbal kerfuffle one time, uh, with somebody on Facebook uh, a few years ago. Because it was about, you know, I was just like, by the time I get to work, um when I get off the metro, like, I'm exhausted before my day even fucking starts. Because in that 20 to 25-minute commute, I have to make sure that I'm standing the correct way. You know, if if I'm having a bad day, I can't show it on my face. um I have to make sure that, I'm a certain distance away from certain folks so that they feel comfortable and that they feel safe. I can't look threatening. I have to damn near have on a three-piece suit just to be looked at as a person, you know, and not be threatening to people. So by the time you go, like, I don't, you know, I might have headphones on. I'm not listening to music. That's so people can kind of leave me alone a little bit, but... I'm not, the music's not on. I don't get, I don't have the luxury of reading before work. I have to make myself look as non threatening as possible before I have to go put in an eight hour shift. And you do that every fucking day. And you you have the audacity to tell me that I'm not tired, that I'm not exhausted. That's it. You spend every day just trying to survive. Like that shit. That that's not living, yo. Like at all. Um, that in itself is, a, you know, that's a survival technique to not be to to try to diminish yourself as much as possible, so that people don't look at you like a threat, so that shit like you know, so cops aren't called or you know, people can't accuse you of people can't accuse you of doing shit. You know, people clutch, you know, even with, you know, even with a suit on or whatever. Motherfuckers still clutch their purses when I, you know, when I come by shit like that. So that's not living, man.
0: So. So what is the point? What is the what is the point of these stories in this perspective? You can sit back and you say, oh, man, this is it could be your, you know it's your your choice to say that this is just a pity party and you have a group of people who are just dwelling in the past and if they just suck it up then they can you know live their life cuz there's there's no more racism in america and, and if you think that I tell whole. you what the fuck you can suck <laughs> like i've i've been you know i have been encouraged because almost anybody in my immediate circle that I've spoken to this about and I've had these conversations, too, is accepting and everybody that I've spoken to in my circle wants to help. They want to do something. But then I, I, I go down some of these threads on Facebook and I just stop doing that. And I this this is the stuff I see, you know, you know, uh, the Confederate flag is just a flag. And what does taking down statues of slaveholders have to do with anything? And And, you know, white people are killed by police every day and this and that and this and that. And these are all just excuses. Right. Um, And and I want to get to this point also is that because we say that. Because because we say that Black Lives Matter does not mean we're not even going to talk about we're not going to go down the fucking all lives matter uh, rabbit hole because fuck that. But I do want to get to this point because you say that Black Lives Matter does not mean that we are against the police officers. It does not mean that we are anti-government. You know, what we're saying is, is that we want equal protection under the law and justice that that any white man would get in America. You know, this is we are and you can run these numbers. And I'm no mathematician. As a matter of fact, I suck with numbers, right? But African-Americans are a minority, meaning there's fewer of us in America than there are whites and, you know, whatever other races it might be ahead of us. I don't, I don't know what it is. But despite that, you know, the prison system is made up of majority uh, African-Americans, you know, despite the low numbers that we make up in society— you know, we still have a higher likelihood of getting pulled over um, than other races, right? Than, what would you say? Than white people, right? We still have higher percentage of, in those instances where we are pulled over, <laughs> getting fucking shot and killed, right? Uh, getting, getting detained for trying to get into your own house. Getting shot while running away. Um, and then, and it and it goes both ways also, you know, if you have a, a black officer who, because they're still a black person and they see these things happen and they go to report it, what happens to them? You know, oftentimes that black officer gets fired or they get reprimanded, yep. um, other than, rather than fixing, fixing the problem, right? You have, and it's not even, we won't, not even just with the killings and stuff, you have... Black mothers, who you know may be homeless, may live in a in a bad neighborhood, right? So they want their kids to go to a better school. So what do they do? Maybe they you know fix some documentation so they get their kid to go into school outside of their district. This has happened, you know. Mothers get years in prison, you know, for sending their kids to another district to school. What happens to the the rich white actresses that that falsify? SAT scores, and and have people li- like a hundred percent make f- false documentation and and to get their kids into expensive schools. A slap on into the wrist Yale. and community service, right? So so to say that there's nothing wrong with this system, like you're either blind or dumb, or both, or both right? And so for for us to say. You know, this system leans heavily on us. And and our lives matter does not mean that we're against the cops. Because, look, like, there's still going to be bad guys out there of all races. There, there are going to be murderers. There are going to be people who want to do bad things just because they're bad people. So, yeah, you you do need police officers. But you also need a system in place. That polices those police officers, because when you have a Breonna Taylor out there who gets murdered in her own home and the police report gets filed three months later after they have been pestered by um by foundations and pestered by the public to actually put in a police report so they can move forward with a criminal investigation, and that police report is completely empty, yep. and they're allowed to get away with that, then then there has to be something wrong with the system. And, and this is not the first time. When you have Ahmad Aubrey who gets killed on the side of the street and by by vigilantes, and there's a recording of it floating around, and These people are not even investigated. Not even investigated. They go home the same day. They killed a man on the street in broad daylight and there's record of it. They go home the same day. They weren't protecting their property. They weren't protecting their lives. They go home the same day. But
1: see that's so but that but that's the shit right there, Chad. Like let's let's pause right there and talk about that shit because it's People think that this is some like that this is a new phenomenon. It's not news. It's not. It's not it's and shit, and that's what the fuck is so infuriating, right? Like let's take a shit, I don't know. Let's let's take 1968, for example, right? Tumultuous fucking year. Um, just for America, period, right? JFK got shot. Um, whole lot of civil rights leaders got killed. Um but not doing shit wrong so um, let's take Medgar Evers for example assassinated and murdered in 1968 didn't get a fucking conviction or no charges were brought until 1994 this shit is not new man like it's just you know like Will Smith said you know this shit is just being recorded now. And thank God for cell phones as much as I yell and cuss at them and, 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 and think that they have softened us a bit as people. It's, it's honestly been our biggest fucking weapon in this fight um, because we now have evidence. And even that still sometimes is not enough for people. And that also is infuriating you can see people get murdered on camera and the motherfuckers still say they need to see we need to see all the facts first facts my dick that's you, man go
0: ahead take <laughs> it it's so it's you know it's we, we said it was going to be uncomfortable <laughs> so so here it is alright <sighs> You can, you can hear this, and you can, you can get angry, and you can disagree, and that's fine. Um, like I said, facts is facts, right? But you can disagree, but hopefully, after you disagree, you know, come and have a conversation. You know, you could hear this, and you could, you know, tear up, or you can, you know feel a certain way about it, don't do that and just sit there. Because honestly, you know, I've done that long enough. Like this, like, just like we said, this stuff is not new. We grew up with this. We grew up with the history of it. We grew up watching it. You know, we grew up hearing about it. Before there were cell phones, I was having friends getting their asses whooped by the cops. You know, before there were cell phones, I was having a gun pulled out on me by a cop. Before there were cell phones, I was having my house raided um, for no reason. (laughs) <laughs> and and here's the thing, you know, I'll say again, I'm not anti-police. You know, I have plenty of friends that are police officers. My brother is a police officer. But here's here's one simple thing, you know, when I had my house raided, it was it was uh early morning. I was getting ready for work. Um and my neighbor he would he would often, you know, come over, knock on the door, and just shoot the shit. But he never did it in the morning, because he's an older guy, he's retired. He would always do it in the in the in the evening after after he saw me get home from work. But I hear a knock on the door, and I assume it's him, because he's the only one that, you know, that knocks on my door. We had only been in our house for a couple years at this time. And maybe, maybe just one year. So I go check on the door and uh and it's the fucking, I don't even know what you would call it, SWAT team or or, you know, tactical response, you know, whatever. Bunch of big ass fucking guns pointed in my face, right? And and they there's no there's no like you see on TV, we have a warrant to enter these premises or anything like that. All these things that you expect to happen, um, because you're told that this is the way it's supposed to happen. That that doesn't happen. You see big ass guns pointed in your face at six thirty in the morning. And they come in your house, and it's a rainy day. So they come in the house, guns everywhere. My dog runs down the stairs. They point the gun at my dog and tell me that if I don't get my dog under control, they're going to shoot my dog. You know, is there anybody else in the house? Yes, my wife is upstairs. My my uh, my my roommates upstairs. Would tell them that they need to come down here right now or we're going up there to get them. Really. <laughs> in my house, it's 6.30 in the morning. Like, this is this is what I'm getting. But, uh, you know, I have a big-ass gun pointed in my face, so I'm going to be compliant. I'm going to do what you say. They go all over my house, track water, track mud all over my house. And, of course, there's nothing there because I'm a fucking law-abiding citizen for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end... They say, oh, well, we were looking for a guy who matches your description, a.k.a. a black guy, who drives a Mercedes. And at the time, I drove a Mercedes. So any fucking black guy who drives a Mercedes, you can bust in their house and point a gun at at this time. And they say, so they actually, they show me a picture of the guy. He doesn't live here, never seen him in my life. And then they turn around and leave. So what's wrong with this picture, right? I'm a law-abided citizen. I agree that there is a need for a police force in this country. I would have liked a sorry for ruining your morning. You know, we were were looking for this guy. My bad. You know, have a good day. Something. But you don't even get that. Like, it's, it's as if you can expect for this to happen. As if. You know, it was partially my fault for driving a Mercedes and being black. Right. And so and and I question whether they would have had that same approach if it was a white person. You know, I highly doubt it. You know, so 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 this is the shit. Right. This is this is this is the shit that we're talking about. You know, luckily, you know, I didn't get shot that day. You know, my dog didn't get shot. I had some mud tracked in my house. I was able to clean it up and left with a bad taste in my mouth and a bad, you know, and a bad day. Um, but other people are not so lucky. Um so so where do we go from here, right? Cuz because you whether you deny that these things happen or not, whether you deny or or, or against the the proposed Uh, solutions or you're against the methods of the protests and riots do you have a group of people who are being treated a certain way you know by our by our own country you know because of the color of our skin because of the color of our skin we're allowed to be looked at a certain way you know I'm a I'm a greater threat walking down the street with a hoodie on at night than, than a white man is, wearing the same damn hoodie, walking down the same damn street at night. You know, when an when officer looks at me, they're going to more than likely see me as a bigger threat than a white man. All right? So whether you agree with this or not, this is how a whole community of your neighbors, your fellow Americans, feel and can tell you stories of experiencing. So what can we do? You know, are we just going to continue to ignore it and live our own lives because it doesn't affect us? Um, or are we going to debate the the presence of racism in America? You know, all that does is make you look like a douchebag, Right. To sit here and debate the 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 presence of 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 racism in America and and sit on your soapbox of that happened years ago, you need to get over it. All right. <laughs> what needs to happen is this needs to start with with the discussion, right? And that's what we're hoping to do. And we understand that the the discussion is is going to be uncomfortable. And you know, I've spoken to a few of my white friends about this and they you know they talk to their white friends about you know what's going on because it's on our TV you know every day now you see the cars burning and you hear these stories about the right so so they have no no uh excuse not to talk about it now but but they're uncomfortable to talk to you know, a black person about it to see what their perspective is. Or maybe they don't know a black person to see what their perspective is. Um, and maybe the reason why you feel the way apathetic, the way you do is because you don't know a black person. So, exactly. so, so number one, the easiest thing to do is make friends that don't look like you, you know, it's so easy for us to sit in our own bubble and, you know, go to our job. You know, if we have a hobby, you do that hobby, you go home, you rinse and repeat. Um, and that's day in and day out and you curate your social media so that everybody on your page looks and thinks just like you, all your friends look and think just like you. And therefore your opinions, your thought process, your perspectives never change. It stays the same. All right. But that's, that's not what makes America beautiful. That's not, it's not what makes food look, taste good, right? <laughs> you, you go home and and take some water boil that water and drop a chicken breast in it now you got chicken soup right but but you you mix in some spices some some vegetables you know marinate that chicken a little bit ask a black person how to cook that chicken so it tastes real good <laughs> then put that in the soup <laughs> that's how you get some some good chicken noodle soup right so the diversity is what makes it beautiful and in accepting the diversity, you also have to accept the experiences, the perspectives, um, the plight of those of that diversity, of those other cultures, other races.
1: And, and that, but that's why there shouldn't. That's why there shouldn't be a debate right. at all about the existence of racism. Period. Because you can't debate someone's lived experience. If I tell you that something you do. Or say, is racist? That should be the end of it. You deba- you debating that point as to whether that exists or not, or whether it actually is racist is bullshit. Because you would you would you do that with would you do that with a woman? <laughs> exactly you know what I'm saying? About to like say. would would you tell her that if if a woman tells you the things that you're doing or saying um, come off as either sexist or you know, uh, bordering on, you know, bordering on a, on some form of control that could be taken as you know as as a rape threat or whatever, something like that. If a woman tells you that, you should believe her. Like, what right do you, and, and what audacity do you have to debate her and tell her that that did that that shit didn't happen or that that's not? Some or some or that's not sexist. Same
0: way if somebody is it's is Muslim. You don't even have to take it that far, man. Like you you can put it you can put it simply in that, you know, if I'm not very, you know, I'm I'm talkative here on this podcast and at times, but at times, you know, I'm quiet and in my own little world. And that usually happens at home or if I'm busy. So if my wife were to tell me one day, You've upset me because I was trying to talk to you the other day. I had something important to share with you and you ignored me and you didn't consider how I felt. What good does it do for me or for her, for our relationship to say that didn't happen? I don't know what you're talking about. I was sitting right there. You know, you're just upset because you want to be upset. Because you're focused on something that you think happened to you and that's not what really happened to you. Yeah. What good does that do? So that's exactly what happens when you deny the matter of racism and systemic racism and injustices in America, right, to to our faces. Like that's that's exactly what, and this is why it becomes hard for us to share it because if if every time I try to share it, it gets shot down yep. and and I get made to feel like a villain because you feel uncomfortable. Well, guess what? I'm just not going to share it anymore. And then, and what happens when you keep things bottled up, when you keep things bottled up and bottled up and ask your kid, right? What happens when you just, when you don't listen to your kid and all you do is is yell at them and correct them and yell at them and you never ask to understand them. What happens? One day you're going to come home and shit is going to get torn up. Do <laughs> you see the correlation there? So, 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 so that's what happened. So, so to take it back, what harm is it for you to consider the, the notion that, you know, and I'm not, you know, neither Jamal or I ever, I've never sat here and said to somebody's face, what you said was, was racist. Even though people have said things to me, that have a racist nature to them. To it, you know, you know, I've I've been in rooms where someone who thought that they were close to me thought that they could throw around the N word with the A at the end because you know because we're homies. But no, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care how close you are to me. You don't use that word around me, right? So instead of me sitting there and saying, "Hey, you're a fucking racist. Stop using that word." I can tell you how it makes me feel and I can tell you that I don't approve of you using that word around me. You probably shouldn't use it, that word period anymore, especially when black people are pressing it. Um, but that's me telling you, you know, how I feel with my experiences in life and our experiences in this, in this country. And so you can take that and you can say, when well, Chad is being overly sensitive, here he goes with that black shit again. And and all it does is is make you complicit to what's going on. It perpetuates the problem and it makes you, you know, out to be an asshole versus taking that, you know, taking that insight, taking that opinion. And regardless of how comfortable, uncomfortable it makes you feel like if it makes you feel that uncomfortable, then have a conversation. Ask the person, why does it make you feel that way? Ask them about their background. Try to get to understand that person a little bit. And odds are, it'll probably surprise you because you're probably going to learn a lot of shit that you didn't know actually was going on in this country. And then maybe you can take that to your homo... Homogeneous... Is that the right word? Hom- your homogenous... Your homogenous, you know, group of friends and share that experience. Um. So that's that's how we can start to to solve this problem. I don't have all the answers. And honestly, I'm too angry to even sit in and, and, and try to think of the answers. But staying in our own bubbles and denying that it exists is, you know, clearly ain't the answer because America has been trying that for fucking, you know, how many generations now? Countless generations. And that shit don't work. So let's try something different. Um and I have to say, you know, this is the this is the beauty of 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 being in the martial arts world, right? Because very rarely do you have this issue on the mats, right? Because, you know, once you're on the mats, everybody's pretty much equal, right? Regardless of what race you are, you know, you, you can get your ass kicked just as easily as you can kick someone else's ass. And you can be mad at me for kicking your ass because I'm a black guy, but guess what? That ain't going to change shit because I'm still going to be able to kick your ass. Oh, so so this is, so, and that's that's the awesome part. And, and to tell you the truth, I, I have been just as guilty of, of having that homogenous group of friends until, you know, really diving in head first and being, you know, a part of this, um, this martial arts, this jiu-jitsu, this MMA community in which, you know, I've met people who, you know, white, conservative, Republican, car-carrying Republican men who, you know, I would trust them with my life. You know, I don't want them to vote for me, but I would trust them with my life. And I know that that despite our political differences and despite our, you know, our racial differences, the difference of of our skin color and background, that this person really, really wants me to succeed in life. Like, you know, this person, you know, over quarantine when we were, you know, at the brink, you know, we could have shut down because we couldn't operate our gym said that. You know, let me know if there's anything you need to do. If I need to pay extra, I'll pay extra so that we can keep our doors open. All right? So these these differences, the the differences don't make so much of a difference anymore when you dive head first and and make friendships with people who are not like you. And this this martial arts community is is, is great at doing that. Cause you get to see through all the bullshit and all you see is the person for, you know, for who they are, the effort that they put in their life. Right. And the value of them as a person, you know, it doesn't matter what color you are or, you know, we might disagree on a lot of things, but, but I value you as a person regardless. So that's one way that we can start is just, it's just fucking be good people. And care about other people's experiences. Care about how they feel about things. And, and let's not get lost on trying to prove people wrong by throwing up statistics and say, oh, well, more black people die from killing themselves and aborting babies than anything else. Like We can go down, like, if we get on that tip, we're going to have a whole nother hour on this podcast, but we're not going to do that to you. But let's just stop that bullshit. Because right? cause all you're doing... Is, is perpetuating this, this hatred that has, has lived in this country long enough. Like, it's, it's time for this shit to get out. I shouldn't be having to go through the same shit that my great-grandmother, who died at 102 years old, went through, right? I find myself sitting around, you know. I used to always ask myself when I was a kid, like, why, why does my dad never smile, like he, he doesn't, he he never smiled. He never seemed happy. And I sit around now and I realize why. Because when you witness enough trauma in your life, just living your everyday life, like you, sometimes you lose a reason to smile. So let's be good human beings and people and care about how our neighbors feel regardless of, you know, who we are. And let's sacrifice a little bit of our own personal discomfort to try to comfort our neighbors, try to make this place, you know, a better America. You know, if we're the world leaders, right? And so we say then a be- a better world too. Yeah. So, so let's take it here. So for the for the choir that we've been preaching to for the past hour, for those people that we don't have to convince that you know, that there's a problem in America that that we need to solve and we're responsible for being part of the solution. I'm going to take you back to, let's take it back to Martin Luther King Jr.'s March on Washington, all right? Jamal probably knows when the, that date was, but <laughs> I, I don't know that date. But what I do know is there were more people on that mall than were at Trump's inauguration. <laughs> That was just a little jab. I had to throw that one in there. <laughs> I need <No>. it. No, yeah. <sighs> there were there were there were a massive amount of people on that mall. If you look at that picture, the the people spread from from the fucking uh, Washington Monument all the way to damn near the the Lincoln Monument. So, and if you've been on the mall, that's a lot of space. And there was no space. You know, I was there for. I was there for Obama's uh inauguration. You had elbow room at Obama's inauguration, you know. I saw the million man march. Yeah, a little bit of elbow room. There was there was no elbow room on Martin Luther King Jr.'s march on Washington. When you look at that picture. And in that picture <clears throat> there were there were there were black people and there were white people, you know, bused in from various states. Um and and at the end of that march though, what happens? You know, some people go back home to their states, to their lives. Um, if you were, you know, if you're black, you continue to be black. Maybe you, you know, lost hope on the cause and you stopped fighting, but you were still black. Right. If you were white, you you went home and maybe the cause wasn't convenient for you anymore. Maybe you just lost your passion. Maybe you saw that it was a losing cause and you didn't want to fight that hard. So you went back to your life. But you didn't have to be black anymore. So that problem, you could kind of forget about it. You can focus on your own problems, raising your own kids, you know, going to work, starting a business or what have you. All right. So now, all these years later, there's another protest worldwide. Right, people came out in these streets, and they said that we've had enough of the bullshit. You know, we've we've had enough of these games. Some people say we've had enough talking. You know, but the the streets have spoken, and and if you look at the video, in some of these, there are more white people than there are black people in these protests. Right, and that's what we need because, you know, we we've seen that for generations. The ones that could sit down with the stroke of a pen to make a change don't care about us enough to do that. So how can we cause a change beyond just talking? Um, It has to be done. Like we're going to need the help of of our white friends, our white brothers and sisters who are also tired of seeing their friends and their neighbors get killed and live in fear and, and have this, you know, have this pain. You know, so so yes, we, we need you and we need you beyond just this week. We need you beyond, you know, two weeks or a month and we need you more than just just posting and holding up signs like we need this to continue for as long as it takes. Hopefully it doesn't take that fucking long because I really, really, really do hope that my kids don't have to same grow up in the same world. But we need you to continue the momentum. And there's going to be times where it feels like the momentum is dying because there are people who, you know, they can control the media and they can control what we see and what we get behind and what we're passionate about, um, who want us to worry about those things rather than what the real issue is here. So we need to let that noise be that just that noise. And we need to focus on on what we came out in these streets to do. And we need to to keep these names in our mind, these George Floyds, these Ahmaud Arbery's, these Emmett Till's, these Breonna Taylor's. You know, we need, and, and, and again, these are just the names, a few of the names that we know. These aren't the names of the people who, you know, were murdered or detained and kept in jail. And, you know, and we don't know their names, right? It's a very long list. But, you know, and it, and it grows. It grows every day. So we need you to continue this momentum. We need you to, you know, support, support these community. These, these, these community centers, these community groups, these, you know, voting initiatives, these, you know, these programs that there are already there. Like we don't, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. A lot of this stuff is already there. And if you don't. You know, if you don't have the time for that, then just make sure that you go out and vote, and let's put people in office who, you know, feel the same way that we do, that have our same uh, morals. That have, we'll say morals, because you have racist, you have bad morals. You're a fucked up person if you're a racist. So, so let's put people who have our our same, you know interests and thoughts in office and hold those people accountable because too often we put people in office who we think are going to have our back. And after we vote, then we don't do anything else.
1: And so then we put sit, some money behind these vehicles.
0: Right. Cause we, we, we then, we sit there and we watch them, you know, flip the script and do what they want to do once they're in office. But, you know, there's, there's, there's initiatives out there already that, you know, if you, Missed your opportunity to vote. You can donate to initiatives, right? You can, you can, there's there's a million of, them. I'm not even going to sit here and list them because then I don't know how fucked up that will be or whatever, but, you know.
1: I can start with something small, if you, if you cross a, a, a black man or a black family going the other way on the sidewalk, look them in the fucking eye and say, hey, good morning, how the hell are <laughs> Yes, you? yes, that, you know what I mean? Let me
0: tell you, this will be, this, again, this could be a whole nother, that's real, like, because it's bad enough So here's one thing. I I mentioned this last night when I was talking to somebody um, on another podcast, a friend of mine. So oftentimes, you know, we'll we'll tell these stories and and people who don't want to believe it will say, well, that's just you pulling the race car. But guess what? No, no, I'm not even going to deny that, because sometimes we sometimes we do feel that way. Right. Sometimes there is nothing going on and it is our race and it is our trauma. That makes us feel a certain way. I'm gonna tell a quick story before we wrap this up, right? So one time I my wife and I for one of our anniversaries, I had a little bit of money in my pocket. So we went to a really nice restaurant in DC, a place that, you know, you know, we're Olive Garden people. So 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 we went to a really nice restaurant. Um, had a limited menu. You had to wear a little suit jacket and shit to get in there. And but but we're excited, right? Because we don't do this often. So we go in the restaurant and, you know, it's a bunch of rich white people in there because this is a high class restaurant and it's in a certain part of town. um, So that's who's in there. And we walk in there and we're looking around and we're like, oh, fuck, everybody's looking at us. We're the only black people in the room. And we feel a certain way. And then we sit down and we had the most amazing dinner and the best service. And everybody was so freaking kind the whole time. So. We pull the race car on ourselves. But why did that happen? That happened because we have been places where when you walk in, you do get bad looks and you do get bad service. And you walk down the street and people will rather, you know, look at the ground while they clutch their purse or, you know, go on the other side of the street when you when you walk on the street or or give you funny looks for, for jogging, you know. So. This, this race card that you speak of is, is not something that's made up. This race card that you speak of is, is repeated trauma. You know, there's scars. That's what it represents. And you can help somebody out by not giving them a reason to feel that way. Give them, give them an overt reason to feel the opposite way. Give them an overt reason to say, hey, you know, I, I see you. In a good way. That doesn't happen to us too often. You know, I'll tell you as a black man, it's very rare that 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 I get the same smile and greeting service walking through a place where where, you know, where white people are serving us. That we I you just don't get that welcome very often. You don't and just in general, just as a black man walking down the street like it's very rare that you get a Hey, hey, how are you doing? It's so rare that when I get it, it's weird. Yep, (laughs) Weird as a (laughs) motherfucker. I don't mean to laugh. Yeah. Just because I know, like, you know, like, uh, uh, hugs and stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Affection's a thing. It's very weird. So, you know, this is, you know, just putting out this is just another way that we can help change things. You know, speak out. Speak to your people. Have conversations. You know, Listen listen to listen to your black friends to your minority friends listen to their experiences and find ways to help them ask them how you can help and when you when when you do that be genuine about it and actually do something and let's not let this momentum die you know in in 2 weeks when when another you know black person gets murdered let's not just be outraged um let's do something and, and make something happen and keep it going and hold the system accountable for the the promise that it, you know, made to all of its citizens, not just, you know, the ones with white skin, um, all of its citizens, that we all have the same in inalienable rights, right? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Those to. But we don't all feel that way. So, you know, let's love each other. Let's uh, put some effort into it. And let's keep it going. Let's keep building. Get some friends that don't look like you, that don't believe the same things that you do. Try to understand them. And let's kumbaya this shit. All right? You got homework to do. It's, uh, It's a lot of books. It's
1: a lot of films you can watch. And, you know, like we stated at the beginning, none of this is new. It's always been in the lyrics of our music, um, from hip-hop to soul to jazz to blues. It's always been there. So don't just take our rhythm and, and not any of the blues, um, you got homework to do. Uh, you can read How to Be an Anti-Racist. Read uh, Tears We Cannot Stop, A Sermon of White America, Michael Eric Dyson. Um, read The Color of Law. Read uh, The New Jim Crow, Michelle Alexander. Um, well, if, if reading's not your thing, watch 13th. Um, watch Black Power Mixtape. Um, so it's, it's a whole lot. Uh, shit that you can do to be educated on. And like I said, most of the things that you're going to watch and that you're going to read are decades old. Um, you know, some of the more modern things like how to be anti-racist uh, and, um, uh, you know, like Tears We Cannot Stop. Um, these things, you know, were written in like the last three years or so, 2017. Um, but this stuff has been out there. So we've been crying for a very long time. So if you want to help, do some homework um and then proceed to have these uncomfortable conversations uh not with us with your family members um you know your neighbors um get to know your neighbors um like don't use the cop out argument that I'm not racist you know I have black neighbors or whatever do you know them um you know get to know them as people um you you, you you get you got homework to do, man. Um, do that, and then we gotta we keep this shit moving forward. Put money behind these organizations. Put money behind these vehicles. Um, and let's and let's keep this shit going, man. Cause I you know honestly I didn't I didn't want to be here today. This is a very hard episode for me to do. Um, Abe gives us focus. You know what I'm saying. Um, thankful for him to be a part of this thing. Uh. But I didn't want to be here today because I honestly just feel like I don't... Oh, and I'm speaking for me. I'm not speaking for Chad. I'm not speaking for Abe. I'm not speaking for the podcast. I'm not speaking for the gym. This is me. I didn't want to be here today because I feel like I don't owe anybody shit. This shit hurts. I'm mad as a motherfucker. Have been for a long time. But I think the reason that this shit is bubbling and bursting through now. It's because, like I said, it's we've been screaming this for decades. And people tell you it doesn't exist. And you yell and yell and yell and you show motherfuckers evidence. Look. And people still tell you the shit don't exist. So if you want to help, do the homework. Keep these people's names in your mouths. Put it out there. And just help us, man. And if you're not gonna help us, go the fuck on, you, yeah. for real. That's um. Rest in peace, all victims of state violence. That's all I got.